Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the C3 Church Podcast. You're about to listen into a message from one of our gatherings. To find out more about our community, where we gather both in person and online, and how to get involved, head to cfreechurch.ca. Now, let's listen into a message from a recent service. Hey, where, um, if you're, wherever you're from, you're visiting, and you're here with us today, we're just super glad you're here, and I see a number of people's faces I don't know. And uh, really glad you're here. And as we kick off this fall season, um, we're doing a, we're, we're, we're taking this series across all of our locations for the next three weeks. We want to talk about purity. Purity. Like, I, as soon as I say that, I can just see something like, mm, you know. Um, why are we talking about that? You know, this, this is so much. I remember growing up in church and my kids growing up in church, you know, talk about purity. It's like, you know, it's an important subject, but it's kind of like one of those we don't want to talk about. Or we don't, you know, we'll talk about it, but we won't live it. You know, and, and, and of course, when we bring up the, the idea of purity, what we're, I, you know, I'm sure what it brings to your mind and the connotations is the whole idea of sexual purity. Um, no sex before marriage. Uh, it's a whole lot of don'ts, you know, no, no fooling around on your wife, no pornography, all that kind of stuff. That's, we go, oh, that's, uh, you know, no fooling around your husband either. I wasn't going to, you know, both. Um, you know, the, the whole idea of purity uh, is it's you know super important subject, but if you're like me, a lot of times I have a hard time connecting the why behind it. Yeah. You know why? You know I, maybe you had conversations like I have, and you know with people saying, hey, you know we're we're living together, we're not married, but we're in a committed relationship. Anybody heard that? Come on, talk to me. Yeah. Anybody heard that? You know we're in a committed relationship, and you know what? I can tell you something. Today. Sex within a committed relationship is important. I mean, that, that, that is the I, you know, that is the deal. But commitment is not just you and I talking to each other and saying, hey, I'm committed to you. Commitment has to come with accountability. Yeah. I mean, how many of you ever tried to change a habit, but you didn't tell anybody because you want to surprise them? <laughs> you do it? Yeah. Come on, talk to me here. Yeah. You try to do it, but you didn't tell anybody because you want to surprise them. How good, how, how effective was that? Oh. Right? Didn't happen. Because you commitment and accountability doesn't happen with ourselves. And so when we talk about committed relationships, we say, hey, sex within marriage is important because marriage is a commitment witnessed by your community. That's what makes it different. It's not a piece of paper. It's a commitment witnessed by your community. As a result, it gives a different set of parameters around that. But even, but in, within that, within that, I, I still think there's this question, that's kind of, so why? You know, why? Why is this important for Christians? Why is this important for us who follow Jesus, who say we're followers of Christ? Why is it important to live a life of purity? So let's, let's back up a little bit on it. What, let's give the reason why for that. I want to take you to a couple of scriptures we kind of go through here because I think, I think the discussion around purity and uh, the idea of purity is actually hard to understand and justify without understanding why. Why? You know, I think a lot of us, you know, church or outside of church doesn't really matter, a lot of things that we do because somebody told us to do it or not do it, but as soon as they weren't there or somebody asked us about it, we went, well, I don't know. Why, why is this important? I, I don't know. And we end up not doing that. We end up doing something different, whatever the case may be, because we don't understand it. So I, I want to take you to, to kind of a um, just the, the underlying reason for that. And that's, that's a word that we call we use and say holiness. Can you say, say it with me? Holiness. holiness. Right? Holiness is the basis of purity. 
Now somebody tell me what holiness is. <laughs> You're good. That's my wife. You know, we just, we, we just went from a word that we sort of understand the parameters to, now we talk about holiness, and now we're really swimming in deep water because we don't know what we're talking about. Are you with me? Yeah. Like, it's like, holy. Somebody says, hey, be holy. You know, we're holy people. And you go like, it seems like a theoretical concept. Theoretical concept. Right, so let me take you to a couple of scriptures. Let's, just, let's, let's try to unpackage the idea of holiness before we talk about purity. Right? Because without, uh, without an understanding of why we should be holy or what holiness means, it's pretty hard to be pure because there's no reason behind it. Holiness is the reason for purity. Okay, it's not the protection of the human race. It's not protection of relationships. It's holiness is the underlying reason for purity. So uh, I, I'm going to take you to a, a verse, first of all, in, in the Old Testament. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7. If you've got your Bibles, I'll give you a second to find it in your... Uh, find it on your, on your phone or on your iPad. Uh, Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7. I'm reading the New Living Translation. It says this. Got it? It says, okay, it says, So set yourselves apart to be holy. Set yourselves apart to be holy, for I am the Lord your God. So that's the Old Testament. Let's go into the New Testament for a minute. First Peter Chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. I'll give you, I'll give you a second to find it. 1 Peter chapter 1, 15 to 16. Incidentally, if, you're, you know, if you get Bible open, you go like, how do I find that? There's a table of contents in the front. Just look there. It's not, you're not less spiritual if you look in the table of contents. All right? It's a good place to do. And if you've got your, uh, you know, your, your uh, U version or whatever version on your phone, it's easy to find. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 to 16 says, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. So it expands on it just a little bit. Be holy in everything you do, just as, okay, because, not, not just for I'm holy, but because God is holy. The one who chose you, for the scripture says you must be holy because I'm holy. Now, one of the things I'm going to say right at the top is a lot of times we disqualify things in the Bible because we go, well, that was for then, but this is a different age. How many of you ever looked at something in the Old Testament, you read it, and you went, you know what, I, I don't know if that applies anymore because Jesus fulfilled it. So we don't have to do that anymore. You know, we don't have to Sabbath, we don't have to tithe, we don't have to do those things because they're not, you know, they're Old Testament stuff, so why are we doing them today? Anybody ever thought that? Come on, I think it all the time. But here, I, I want you to understand this. So, so here, there's an Old Testament thing where God talks to the people of Israel and says, you need to be holy. But in the New Testament, Peter reiterates it and says, okay, just so we're clear, that's not just something for them back then, that's also something for us now. Right? It's not, we, we can't stand on and say, you know, when Jesus died on the cross, it eliminated the need for us to be holy because now I'm holy and righteous before God. I no longer have to live a holy life because that's it. No, Peter wants to make sure we get this right. It's still a godly requirement. It's still what God wants us to be because the, the, the equation hasn't changed. God didn't stop being holy. Right. Old Testament says, be holy because I am holy. New Testament, Peter says, act in all your actions, be holy because God's holy. Didn't change. Right? So just in case you were looking for a loophole, that's gone. All right? So, be holy because I am holy. 
But again, we're still dealing with the same problem we had when we started on this little discussion today. What in the world's holy? What's it holy? You know, I mean, I grew, I, I grew up in church, and I know some of you grew up in church, but for, for when I grew up in church, what I understood to be holy was a list of things I couldn't do. If I'm holy, I can't do that. If I'm holy, I can't do that. I have to do this. Exactly. I, have to do, I, I can't do this, which is fun, and I got to do this, which is, yeah. Come on, any, any of you, you kind of come from there? Right? That, that was it. Right? Be holy. You got to be holy. All this pressure to be holy. I got to be holy. Be holy. And it's, and it's this list of these different laws and rules that you got to follow. All these things you got to do. And you know what happened with us? Instead of being holy, we hid what we did. If nobody knows I'm doing that, then they'll think I'm holy and everything's cool. Right? Nobody knows. It's all good. Right? If, 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 if nobody saw it, it didn't happen. Any of you live by that kind of rule sometimes in your life? Nobody saw it, didn't happen. So that's a problem. That, that, that's a problem because we get a disconnect and we live, in, we live in, a, in a way because we don't really understand what holiness is and we're trying to obey a certain set of rules and standards, but we don't know why, so we really can't do it. We can may, maybe pull it off one day a week, usually Sunday, but the rest of the week we're having a hard time with it because we don't know why. We don't know what it is, and we don't know why, so we carry this well, hypocrisy, and this inconsistency, and this wrestle in our life because we're not living like we think we should because we don't understand. So let's, let's, let's look at what holiness is. First of all, holiness, simply put, is related to God. Somebody said it this way. They said, the holiness of God speaks to God's existence as a completely as completely separate from his creation and at the same time to his pure and utterly incorruptible nature. Holiness is about being separate. Careful, because we can go, okay, I'm, I'm different, I'm, I'm better than everybody else because I'm holy, right? At least I'm holy when you see me. Holy is not intended to speak to our self-worth. Okay, that's not what's intended. Hi, so, Holiness is related to God. There's this, there's this uh, verse that I, I find really interesting in Ezekiel chapter 42, verse 20. And if you're in the um, Bible study online, you version, you might have read it this week. Uh, Ezekiel 42, verse 20. Again, New Living Translation. Ezekiel is writing down and he's, he's sharing this vision that he had of a new temple. Okay, the old temple had been destroyed and he's got this vision of this new temple. And this this one particular verse caught, caught, it kind of caught me and went, hey, that's, that's kind of what's talking about holiness. And Ezekiel chapter 42, verse 20, it says, so the area was 875 feet on each side with a wall around it to separate what was holy from what was common. How many of you know that the, the opposite of holy is not unholy? The opposite of holy is Ordinary. The opposite of holy is not sinful. The opposite of holy is common. Ordinary. I'm not an ordinary person. I'm not an 
common person because something's happened in my life that's changed that. Had a spiritual rebirth. I've had a transformation of my DNA that I'm no longer just like everybody else. Not better, but I'm not the same. You can be not the same and still not be better. Yeah. Right? We're not talking holier than thou. We're talking holy like God. Separate. So here, here it's, it's describing this. And, and so here's this very practical Old Testament consideration. They have, they have this temple where they have all of these certain items and utensils and, and things that were, that were set apart. They were separate. They weren't ordinary they were only to be used in God's service and in worship of Jehovah. So they were set apart. They were, that's what they were for. You couldn't use the fork or the spoon in the temple to eat your soup on Monday at home because it was special. It looked like everything else. Soup, uh, soup spoons in the temple and soup spoons out of the temple looked the same. They appeared to be the same, but they're separation and, their, in, and, and their, their underlying purpose was different. My wife's actually really, really good at, at understanding holiness. I'm not saying she acts it, but she looks, she understands it. I'm just checking if you're listening. She's listening, but I'm not just checking. Uh, see, so, so for years, we, you know, we, used to, um, we used to always have people over for dinner you know, on Sundays, we'd have them over lunch. And whenever they, other people came over, we didn't use ordinary plates. We didn't use ordinary cutlery, because ordinary cutlery was for the rest of the week, but when people came over, we used the holy stuff. Right? You know, that was the stuff in the china cabinet, that was the stuff in the special box for the cutlery that we brought that out. You, you, you know, that never got mixed up with the, with the stuff in the day-to-day -day drawer. It's, it's interesting because, you know, I thought about it, I thought, you know, we never ever lost a fork out of the holy box. But we seem to lose stuff out of the other one all the time. You know, the people living there, they take it to work, they take it, you know, downstairs, they go somewhere else with it, and all of a sudden we're, you know, we're looking at our, our, our cutlery and it's all mixed and, you know, it's not, they're not all the same, and, you know, Johanna's taking one to school, and, you know, and, and she came back with the fork, but it wasn't the same one. You know, somebody went, you know, all, all that kind of, you know, went to work and came back and that's not the same set. And you look at the, look at the non-holy set and it's a pretty mixed bag, right? It's just, they, they just don't go together. Now, the holy set, we, we keep those separate and, you know, and when you wash them, they go back there. And, you know, in, in our case, you got this, this box that every fork goes in its particular velvet covered spot. The knives go here, the serving set matches. We never lose one of those. We, we never lose it. And, and, and it knows where, you know, those, we know where they go. And they, we don't lose them because they don't just go out and do stuff on their own. <laughs> they, they don't just do the, the weekday stuff. There's ordinary stuff for that. They're, they're holy, they're separate. So this whole idea in the temple is there's this stuff that's holy. It's not that it's different in its makeup, it's different in its purpose. And because it's different in its purpose, it's treated differently. 
Holiness is not about what we do, it's more about who we are and the outworking of who we are. If we understand that we are, okay, in this room, we are, Peter said it, you are holy just like God is holy. Just like God is holy. What's God? God is not the same as his creation. Right? He's not the same. He's, he's separate. He has a higher purpose than his creation. And so when we think about holiness, and this is, this is what I, I want us to get really today. This is what I hope you go home with today. Is that the idea of holiness, biblical holiness, is not about the things we do as much as it is the purpose for which we live. So I live my life separate. Now, that, now that is going to obviously bring the suggestion, it's obviously going to come through, that that means that I actually live my life differently than most people in my world. If I'm holy, there's some things and there's some behaviors and some ways that I just simply won't get involved in because it stops me from being connected to God. Now, let me just give some examples of that not as a list of do's and don'ts, but just an example. So, I spend time in prayer not because it's, I'm a Christian, but because it keeps me in the right position in regard to my relationship with God. I'm being holy like God is holy. I don't get involved in some conversations not because they're not Okay, some of them aren't great conversations. Let's be honest. But it's not that the conversation is bad, it's just that the conversation pulls me out over the 875 foot wall into the area of commonality and not separate. Paul says this way in Philippians, he says, he says, think on these things. Whatever's pure, oh, there we finally hit that purity word. Whatever's pure, whatever's holy, whatever's good, think on those things. That verse, in my opinion, is probably one of the most powerful New Testament statements on holiness of anything else in Scripture. Because where our mind goes, eventually our life goes. And if I don't live in a place where my dedication is to holiness and being aligned with God and being like, be holy like I am holy, and if I don't keep my mind in that space and if I don't keep going back to that space, it's going to be easy to do other stuff and not even think about it. It's not so much about the things you do, it's about who you are. I can't be, so let's so say, well, so let's come back to the purity thing. What about sex outside of marriage? You know, that's the thing that always comes up. Why not? Why not? Because God wouldn't do that. When you have time, as you have time, we'll go on. Look at how many times God speaks of his relationship with the church and with you in a marriage context. 
in the Old Testament, Ezekiel, you read in Daniel, you read in Jeremiah, you read in so many of different spots in there when God talks about his relationship with Israel. And he constantly says to them, when they have gone off in another direction, he says, you're just like somebody who is unfaithful. You're just like an adulteress, a prostitute, all those kinds of things. That, that's some imagery he uses. It's imagery. Why, why is it? Because that's, that's the example that he says. Why? Uh, I'm faithful to my wife because I love my wife. No question about that. But I'm also faithful to my wife because I understand that my relationship is a holy example of God's holiness. You hear? You kind of went. More fun talking about some other stuff, you know, cutlery in the drawer. <laughs> right? Holiness is how I consider how I behave. It's not what I consider doing. It's how I consider how I behave. Am I being holy? Separate? Am I distinguishing myself in my world? Or not? I don't know what that was, but... Somebody's trying to distinguish themselves, yeah. Huh. Right, so is that, is that, does that make sense? Does that make sense? I'm just looking. Does that, is that, does that make sense? Holiness is not, we, you know, we're human beings. We, we, really, we really prefer to have a list of do's and don'ts. It's easier. Right, now you know that. It's easier. Just tell me what to do. My wife went in the kitchen and said, you know, don't, don't, don't explain. Just tell me what to do. I can't be bothered to figure it out. Just tell me what to do. I'm going to go to church. Just tell me what to do. Can I do this? Not do this. That's the problem. It's maturity. It's not what you can do. It's who you are representing. Would God behave this way in his relationship to the church? Would God behave this way in his relationship? I'm to be holy like God is holy. You with me? So we take that down. We go, okay, here's the basis. We're talking about purity this month. Here's, here's, here's the bottom line. It's not about purity. It's about holiness, and then it's about purity. Holiness, my understanding of holiness, my stance towards God, determines my behavior in the area of purity. Okay? Here we go. Hopefully that was a little helpful. Hopefully that kind of just gives some help for you. I think we're going to talk, we're going to keep talking about the next couple of weeks. It's, it's, it's an important subject. It's a really important subject because our world, we're wrestling with all of these things. Yeah? Every one of us is wrestling with these things. But if we understand the basis, it's, it's as a believer, I'm not doing this because of the right or wrong aspect, which there may be, but I'm doing it because I am separate. I am holy. I love how Peter and, and Paul both address the church. You are a Holy nation. You're holy. You're set apart. Let me just put, put it just one more way and then I'm finished. But because you're holy, you can't behave like everyone else. Simply put. Because we are holy, we can't be indistinguishable from the world around us. 
We can't, because that means we've stepped over that wall and no longer separated from holy and common. We must live our lives in a way that distinguishes us. Let me give you the practical implication. I know I said I was finished, but let me give you the practical impression. Practical implication is someone in your world should be able to notice that there's a difference in our life. How you talk, how you behave, how you live. You go, hey, there's something different about you. So on a flight last night, back from, flew back from Orlando, and then I had a layover in Montreal. I ended up coming back from Montreal, and, I, and honestly, I was really wanting to sleep. I'm exhausted. I wanted to sleep on the plane. It was a five-and-a-half-hour flight. And I got on the plane, and I thought, great, I'm, there's only one person in this row. I'm going to sleep. And the guy started talking to me. And, um, and, I'm, and you know, I'm trying to think, is it, is it too rude for me to reach over and put the headphones? I got you know, big over-ear headphones, because yeah, that's my don't talk to me sign. Uh, I wear to the gym, and you know, anyone anyway, I to talk to. I was like, you know, I'm, they're right there. I was like, right there. I could just grab them and put them on. But he went to talk to me. You know, you get the, you know, what, you know, where are you from, you know, his family, all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden I get, you know, what do you do? Some pastor. Spiritual. Well, within, I mean, literally, we talked for five hours. Okay, you got you, 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 you who know me know that five hours—that's a stretch for me anytime. <laughs> that's a long time. Talked for five hours, and we walked through the whole dilemma that he had. How he used to be in church. His sister died of cancer. She was more spiritual than him. He was so angry with God. He stopped going to church can't believe it that I was sitting there because I wasn't supposed to be sitting there because I'd actually switched seats with somebody just before when I first got on the plane and how God had orchestrated that and finally at the end of the conversation he said you've got me thinking about a lot of things he said I, I'm, I, I need to think about being back in church because I, I miss it and I need to be there okay, that happens why because we're holy because we let people see that we're different. Why would anybody want to listen to you if you're the same as them? Where's influence in that? Be holy like I'm holy, God says. Just live that way out. All right, come on, let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you today that God, you have called us to be holy. And Lord, I know we haven't talked about all of it. I know there's so much more to it, but God at the very, very basis, God, that we would live a life of holiness and we would, we would strive and we would uh, uh, um, just desire to learn to be more like you, to live holy like you're holy and not just allow ourselves to be sucked into the vor vortex of, of commonality and, and just being the same as everybody. And, but God, living with a higher purpose and a higher calling and making our choices and our decisions and our actions out of that conviction that we've been set aside, set apart for a very, very specific purpose that through us, through the church, the gospel and the power of salvation would come to people in our world. And so Father, I pray for every one of us watching online, for those uh, in, in person here today, God, that, that you would put into our spirits and our heart right now just this desire to live a holy life not just like everybody else, 
but with a higher purpose and a higher calling to be holy like you. So God, we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Billy, what a great thing to see that we have the privilege of being more than common, even, uh, you know, that a holy people, you know, a royal priesthood, a holy people. Lots of great stuff to think on this week as we go home, as we uh, prepare to, you know, get a little another download next week on Purity. Uh, there's a couple things going on just to remind you of. So we have in-person prayer in our locations uh, at 9 15 to 9.45, especially 9.30. If any of you would like to join us in the auditorium, we come, we prepare our hearts, we prepare the buildings, we prepare the atmosphere to welcome the Holy Spirit. So every Sunday morning, uh, 9.30 in the auditorium, 9.15 we meet and we start praying together and you're all invited to come. So for the month of September, our series is on Pure in Heart. And so we're excited to hear what those messages are going to do and how that's going to transform our hearts and the things because it's out of our heart, right, that we speak and we live and all those things take place. Now, there is a, on Spotify, there is a Sunday worship set list. And if you go online, you will see a QR code. And if you want to listen to some of those songs or add them to your playlist, you just need to scan that QR code and that will give you a list of the worship set list that we have. Um, there is, in fall, we are starting up a foundations course that I believe Pastor Dave is going to be uh, teaching on. And so that's going to be taking place in the next few weeks that we're going to start living life through the lens of Christ, which is a uh, foundations course. So, you know, would you like? No, you can't. Okay. Yeah. Uh, listen, just one of the things that, that's really been on my heart with all of the foundations is especially over the last couple of years, I think that's become really obvious is a lot of us know what we believe, but we don't quite know how to translate that into life. Um, you, know, I, I, you know, same as we're talking about holiness, I, okay, that's great, but how do we translate that into life? So, so our, our series, our, our course on foundations is intended to be a place where we, where we have those conversations. So how do I now live? Okay, I believe this, but what does that mean in practical living? What does it mean... What does it mean practically about how I, how I uh, relate to people who have significantly different views about COVID or, or politics or those kinds of, how do, in the context of unity in the church, how do we talk, how do we deal with that, right? Because how do, how do I love those people who are just driving me nuts, you know, because of whatever reason? How do we, how do we walk out uh, those, those beliefs in a practical way? And so it's, it's intended to be a little bit, it, it, it's, it, it will be a, There'll be a little bit of teaching, and then there'll be questions and discussion, and the idea is that, that, that as we discuss things, iron sharpens iron, right? So that we can discuss and work that through together so that we can live that out together. So that's the intention. That's the, the idea behind the Foundations course. Will uh, it be in person or will it be online? It, it, what, what we're hoping it will be, what we're planning it to be is it'll be, there will be a, a video segment where I've done the teaching that will be recorded with a live group um, but then it will be in person. You'll see, you watch the video, you'll pause, talk through these questions, go into the next little teaching, talk through so we come to conclusions so we can change our lives and, and live with a pure foundation. The, the theme verse is, is obviously from Jesus and Matthew where he talks about the wise man builds his house on a solid foundation so when the world turns chaotic, the house still stands. And, and out of the last few years, that's my biggest Personally, as pastor, this is my biggest cry that, that we would build 
more solid foundation because I saw too many houses fall. Thanks for tuning in today. Each week, we gather in cities across our region and online to explore the truth of freedom available to all in the message of Jesus Christ. To find a gathering near you or to find out more, head to c3church.ca. Thank you.